The Talking Football Podcast is brought to you in association with Classic 11 football shirts. Get 10% off absolutely everything at classic11.com with the code TALKINGFITBALL. We're also giving away a £100 voucher to use in their online store. To be in with a chance of winning, simply sign up to the Talking Football newsletter when you visit talkingfitball.co.uk or visit our Twitter and Facebook pages to find out how to enter. Good luck. Welcome to episode 68 of the Talking Fitball podcast with me, Derek Clark. Every week we try and bring you a first-class interview with some of the biggest characters involved in the game. This week I sat down with former Lyrsa, Partick Thistle and Dundee United defender Frederick Franz. Freddie was in fantastic form as he looked back on his career and how he's getting on at his current club, Beershot, who are riding high in the Belgian top flight. As ever, there's stories galore, and we even hear about his proposed move to his beloved Leeds United that fell through at the hands of Massimo Cellino. It's another terrific interview packed with stories, so sit back and enjoy the latest episodes of the Talking Football Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the, the Talking Football Podcast. Uh, absolutely delighted to say we're joined on the line this week by former Partick Thistle and Dundee United favourite uh, Frederick Franz. Freddie, how are you? I'm very good. Um, very happy to be on the podcast. Thanks. Yeah, excellent stuff. You'll be training ahead of uh, a big game this weekend, I'd imagine. Yeah, tomorrow we play um, Charleroi away. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, they're first in the league. After five games, they won every game. And we are second in the league. We won uh, four out of five. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be an important game. Yeah, absolutely. How, well, you mentioned that you're second in the league. You must be pleased with how you, you've started the league season so far. Yeah, I mean, so obviously we came up from the, from the championship. Yeah. And uh, we literally are playing with the same team. So um, you can see all the boys are, are playing really well together. You know, we're... We're uh, a very close team. We won the league together, so um, it makes it extra special, you know, to, to go on a run in the top league as well. And, um, but the good thing is, yeah, I mean, we, we never won with luck, so we got a good feeling and we hope to, to stay on the top as long as possible. Yeah, absolutely. We'll talk about your current club in a little while, but let's uh, talk about your career in the game. Um, Growing up uh, back in Belgium, you were born, of course, in 1989. And uh, is it Westpilar? Is that is that correct? Um, yeah, yeah, it's a small village next to it, but yeah, that's where I started my football career when I was four or something. And then, um, yeah, the, I grew up there. And then, but literally after a few months, I got scouted by um, Lierse. Yeah. It was a, yeah, a club in the top division, and then I played there from my five until 25. Wow, wow. It's, a, it's a remarkable amount of time that you spent there, uh, Freddie. Did, did they send scouts to go and have a look at you and then just picked you up when you were five? Because that seems a, a really young age. Yeah, I remember they scouted me in um, a small tournament and then I had to go like um, with, let's say, 60, 70 kids. We had to go on like uh, some training sessions with the club. And then um, I think they took from the 60 kids, they took maybe... I'm not sure, 10 or something or 15. And uh, and then I just stayed there, yeah, literally, yeah, forever almost. <laughs> did, you, did you always want to be a defender? Is that always the position you wanted to play? 
No, not really, but um, because, yeah, when you're young, I, I used to score a lot of goals, but that was probably also because I was uh, three, three times bigger than most of the other kids. So uh, I remember on corner kicks, um, yeah, I didn't have to jump. So, uh, no, but I like defending. I liked it a lot. And then probably with my height and because um, I was strong, they, they, I went to defense and, yeah, then I literally stayed there. So, uh, but I enjoyed it a lot. I love being a defender. Yeah. Is there, was there any players that you admired growing up that you wanted to uh, be like? Um, yeah, yeah. We had a few, you know, like uh, obviously when I was really young, um, I liked the defenders of AC Milan, like, yeah. Uh, Maldini, Nesta, yeah. um, but then also I, we had in my club Lierse, we had a legend. He called Eric Famer. Um, he was the yeah he was the centre back. And um, when they were champions in ninety six, ninety seven, yeah. and um, he scored like sixteen goals. So um, yeah, that was my idol, you know. And then luckily later he's the guy who brought me into the first team, and literally I have my career to thank to him, you know, because he dropped me in the first team. He, he was my coach on a few other occasions as well. So for me, he's my number one idol in football. And then when I got maybe to 16, 17, I would say Vincent Company was, yeah, yeah for every Belgium centre-back, he was idol. Yeah, he's, 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 he's some player. And when you're at Lierse as well, what was it like training as a young boy and then going through the, the different ranks and what have you? Was it was it quite intense? Um, yeah, but also really special you know because um yeah when you're there from your five-year-old and then when i was 17 i was allowed to train with the first team and i literally made a few weeks later i made my debut in the top league so um that was a really good feeling you know because i used to be the guy yeah every saturday to be in the stands and watch yeah these players play and then suddenly you're between them and uh, you're one of them so yeah that's crazy yeah, yeah, absolutely. Can you remember much of your, your debut? Was it? I was reading and doing a bit of research. Was it a, a, against Genk that you came on? As, as a yeah, subject? it was against Genk, and I think I came on 88 minutes or something. <laughs> um, and I, I remember I, had, I got a ball, a pass back from a midfielder, and it was a horrible pass back. And I did something really well. Suddenly, I got yeah, I gave a good pass, and then after that, it was cancelled. The, the game was finished. Um, but yeah, no, it was fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And um, that season, can you remember? Because at the end of that season, you just avoided uh, direct relegation, wasn't it? But then you went down in the playoffs. Was it was it was it tough coming into a side that, that was struggling? Yeah. So what happened? Um, I came into the team. I think somewhere in January or something, or yeah. February. And but the team literally until January they had four points, I think. So they had they lost literally every game. So, um, yeah, they were bottom of the league, but by 14 points or 15 points behind. Yeah. And then in January, we had um, a lot of transfers and uh, also a few young boys that came through. And um, then I think we took like something of 22, 23 points. So we actually were better than a mid-table team then. But yeah. because we only had four points in the, before January, then... Um, yeah, we, we just avoided relegation, so we had to play the, the playoffs to go down. And um, yeah, those we lost against uh, KB Mechelen. Um, but okay, still it was a good achievement, but in the end, yeah, you yeah. lost, so uh, it went down. Yeah, obviously the 2009-10 season was a good one for you boys because you went uh, back into the, 
the top flight. Can you remember much about that that season, Freddie? How enjoyable was that? Yeah, really enjoyable because obviously when we went down, um, there was a lot of interest for me because yeah, I was 17, played a lot of games in the top league, played a good season, and then but I, I decided to stick with my team, you know, because yeah, when you're 17, you want to play and you want to, especially for my yeah, my home club. So um, and then but we had a very difficult first season in the championship uh, with money troubles, everything, and then new owner came, and then yeah, after that we. In 2009, then um, with the promotion was fantastic. So uh, yeah, that was one of the best feelings. Yeah, absolutely. I was reading they had some uh, cracking players list uh, list at that time. The likes of Thomas Radzinski was there. Uh, Joseph Desire Job, uh, Eric yeah. Defonder, of course, is, is, is a Belgium legend as well, isn't he? It must yeah. be uh, playing alongside these guys. Oh, I was really good. You know, you learn a lot of them. Like uh, Thomas Radzinski, still is one of my good mates. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, obviously. I was what maybe 23 or 20. I don't. I don't remember. Um, and he came in the team, and obviously you see him coming. Um, but he played for Everton, Fulham, 350 games in the Premier League, uh, Champions League for Anderlecht, um, legend, you know. And then he comes in the training, and he's one of the best guys ever. <laughs> so you you know you're a little bit scared, and you're and he comes with his Ferrari, and you think, oh no, what is this? And then okay. He's a friend, you know, and till this day we're still friends. So I think that's fantastic that um, they are like this, you know, and then yeah, the other boys as well. They were all the same, all humble guys, but with fantastic yeah. careers and desire to still perform. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the next season, of course, when you went up 2010-11, you had a, a bad knee injury. How, how difficult was that to, to, um, to recover from for you? Yeah, so obviously then when we got up, I became the youngest um, captain in the top league. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, big hopes from that season because obviously I, I declined the transfer a few times to some good clubs like Standard Liège, some clubs in Germany. And uh, because I wanted to play again with, in the Prem with, um, with my own, with Lierse. And um, so I was the youngest captain and I was doing really well. And then, yeah, suddenly <laughs> I go through my knee and I was out for, I think, 10 months or something. So... Um, that was really hard, yeah. Yeah, uh, and saying that though, being made captain, uh, Freddie, how, how proud were you that the club made you captain? As since you were there for for such a young age to to, to captain your, your own club as well, it must be a proud moment. Yeah, yeah, for for me, for my family, for uh, and I, I think the fans really loved it as well because it's one of their own, you know. It's always special, so um, yeah, great feeling. Yeah. Did you feel that uh, a lot of responsibility when when you got the captain's armband? Did you? More so than if you were just a player? Yes, yes, okay. But when I was at that age, I was, I wouldn't say I felt extra, extra pressure. Um, that would come later in my career when I was again at Lierse and I had the captain's uh, band. So, but at that time, I was just very proud. And obviously, I always felt the responsibility because I used to be one of the fans. So I would feel like maybe harder than somebody else if we lost or um, if we won. So, the emotions were bigger, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, of course, when you were at Lierse as well, you, you would team up with um, Charlie Miller. Um, he would jo join for a bit. How, which, which, uh, how did you find him? I think he's a fantastic character. Charlie is, is um, an amazing human, human being. I mean, he's a little bit like I said but with the other boys. He such a nice career. And then he comes and he's, he's just the nicest guy ever. <laughs> he's so funny. 
right? It, it was my first contact with a Scottish person, you know, in my life. So, uh, and literally we hit it off really well. Um, he was such a humble, nice, funny character. So good for the young boys. Yeah. Uh, I remember there were there was a young boy, for example, that um, his shoes were broken and Charlie was like, hey, you cannot come with shoes like this. This is not good. And the next day, Charlie bought him shoes. Wow. Really nice new Nikes or, or Adidas. I don't remember the, the brand. But, um, and that was typical Charlie, you know? So, um, and yeah, fantastic guy. And he's the guy who brought me to Scotland then as well. Yeah, I was going to say. And Tony Watt was there for, for, for uh, your last year as yeah. well. What was your, what, how did you find Tony? Again, I mean, I must have something with Scottish people because uh, we're always, uh, I hit it off great with them. So um, Tony came and um, we, he actually had a really good season, I thought. But him and the coach weren't best mates. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I would say they were a little bit too hard on Tony. I don't think he deserved the, uh, the stuff they, they, thought, uh, they were talking. Maybe it's a little bit bad about him being lazy and stuff and everything. But I thought when Tony was in the game, yeah. he literally ran his socks off and he was very loved in the club. They loved him. I think he scored some very important goals against Anderlecht. Uh, then the derby wins and stuff. He, so, um, but then, yeah, he got into trouble again with the coach. And then I think that, that was the end for him at Leerse. But um, again, next to the pitch where yeah, I still speak to him. Um, yeah, we're close. Yeah, You mentioned there Anderlecht, uh, Freddie. How much did you enjoy playing... Uh, how much do you enjoy playing against these big teams? The likes of Anderlecht, the likes of Genk and, and Bruges and what have you? Uh, it's, it's, yeah, you love it. Eh? I mean, that's why you play football, of course. Um, it's the same in, in Scotland. You, you love to play in Celtic Park or uh, against Rangers. Those are the, the big teams you want to play, you know. Um, in Belgium, you probably have more of them. Uh, where in Scotland, it's maybe two. Um, I would say Dun United was fantastic as well to play. Um, so in Belgium you have more of them so yeah that's why you play football it's yeah, especially when the fans are there it's the best yeah before you moved to Scotland did you ask uh, Tony and Charlie what, what what it was like um, so yeah what happened we had an Egyptian owner in Lierse and um, yeah one day he um, he went crazy and he didn't want Belgian players anymore so we all had to leave and that's when I was looking for a club and then Obviously, because I was still speaking to, to Charlie, yeah. um, and he was close to, to Alan Archibald. And then uh, he arranged me a trial with Partick. And then, um, yeah, uh, a week later, I was assigned for them. And then I didn't really have to ask too much about them. You know, uh, they always talk really good about, about the club, about the league, so um, the country, the people. Yeah. So for me, it was a no-brainer, you know, um, yeah. Were you sad to leave Leerse at the time because you've spent obviously twenty years there? Would you be you thinking you would you, you would spend the rest of your career there? Yeah, yeah, I, I would say so. Yeah, because um, yeah, the connection was so big, and then but obviously an Egyptian owner came in, and in the beginning he was fantastic um, when he brought Radzinski and all these players, and he brought the club back to where it belonged. But then I think yeah, he invested like. 75 million over the, the 10 years he was there and he, he lost it all. So I think he invested very wrong. And then there were a few seasons where he literally started blaming. Yeah, so like one season he started blaming, it's all the Belgium guys. It's all this. So I, I remember there were 12 Egyptian players in, on training and an Egyptian coach. And 
So at that moment, that season, I would say that I was actually happy to go. Yeah. Um, and in the end, it's perfect because I, I, I had a, an opportunity um, to go abroad and see something not only in football, but all, also yeah, in life, you know, to, to discover something new. So uh, in the end, uh, it's probably one of the best things that could have happened to me. Yeah, but before we touch on the, the move to Scotland, you grew up playing for obviously the, the Belgium uh, teams and, and the underage groups. You played with some cracking players, didn't you? Like of Eden Hazard, uh, Christian Benteke and what have you. How, how, how good was that, Freddie? Yeah, I remember with the national team, we had a pretty pretty strong group. I mean, I was playing next to Alderweireld, um, yeah. centre-back. Um, and then, yeah, um, Hazard, of course, he was... Um, he was what was he two three years younger as me but he was playing for our age group and yeah it's still today the best player i ever yeah set the foot on on the football pitch with so um yeah cracking player unbelievable yeah definitely um i was reading was it was it john viola that, that brought you over to, to scotland the agent and yeah. um, we've had him we've had him on before but how, how really? did you find him <laughs> so he was always the agent of um of charlie um, so when I was looking for a club, I contacted Charlie and he spoke to John and then I got in touch with John and so, um, cause John was actually really good to me. I mean, he, um, before the move to Partick, he got me a trial at Leeds United yeah. and, um, I had a great trial. Then at that time, David Hockaday was there, the coach yeah. and he wanted to sign me. So everything was done, but then suddenly, uh, Massimo Cellino, the, the owner there, the Italian owner. Yeah. Um, not the one that's there now, but the one before. Aradizani uh, was the one now, yeah. Chilina was the yeah. one before. Yeah, yeah, this one looks really good. So, um, because I love Leeds, it's my favorite club outside of Belgium. Um, so, for me, it was like the biggest dream of my life. I could play for Leeds United. And, and, uh, but then I remember, um, so John was, told me, like, ah, oh, Freddie, uh, you played really well in the bounce games. Um, they want to sign you. Tomorrow, you're going to sign the deal. Okay. So, I drove to training. And in train in the car there were two other boys, Italian boys, and I was like, ah, oh, hi guys, uh, well, what's happening? Who are you? Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, we're uh, we're Italian, and uh, we we just signed for Leeds, two centre backs. And I was like, <laughs> so I was on my phone like, John, John, <laughs> I got two centre backs in my car, he's Italian. So he's suddenly, yeah, of course, deal off. Um, the 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 owner just yeah did something behind the coach's back. So, but I mean, it was. Nothing personally, it was something there that happened all the time at that moment in the club there, I think. So, uh, but okay, that, that happened. We had to move on and then uh, John kept looking and then the connection Charlie and um, Alan Archibald um, brought me to, to Partick. Yeah. Uh, did you have any other dealings with, with Chilino? Because um, he's, he's a madcap sort of guy. He's, he's, he's just a, a crazy chairman. Um, did, did you have any, did you, did you meet him or anything like that? No, nothing. So I, I cannot really say anything about him, you know, um, because I never met him. And uh, I think it was John who always had contact with him. Uh, but obviously you, you hear and you read the stories and then, you know, like, OK, yeah, you never know what happened with my case. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but OK, that's it. That's life. Yeah, it was a crazy time for Leeds back then. But like you say, you, 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 they're your team. Did you support them as a, as a young boy, Freddie? Yeah, I love them. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Since I was a young boy, it was always, yeah, Leeds United. I like Liverpool as well, but Leeds was, yeah, Leeds was yeah, a massive club, so I'm really happy now. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they've got their, their house in order with Bielsa. Um, so yeah. you came over to um, Partick Thistle then, of course. Um, how did you find Scottish football? Was it a, a, a bit different to what you were used to in, in Belgium? Yeah, it was really different. I mean, people always ask me, like, what's the difference? And you can say, like, oh, football is football, but it's so different. Um, so how would I describe the Scottish football is more hectic more urgent like it's, it's it has to go 200 miles an hour uh, <laughs> all the time and i wouldn't say it's a bad thing i wouldn't say it's it's less football or whatever because teams try to play football but it it always has to go bam, bam, forward you know yeah so um and it's harder so and in belgium it would be more like tactical so teams would be more adapted to each other and it would be more yeah oh we leave the team on the ball a little bit left to right and and then when it goes, it goes very fast, but it would be it wouldn't be 90 minutes, 200 miles an hour. So and in Scotland it would be more like this. So but I'll I'll really enjoy that, you know. Um, I'm a physical player as well, and then especially when yeah, when I came to Partick Thistle, I was 25. I was at a good age. I I really enjoyed it. Yeah. How did you find the dressing room when you went to the the Thistle dressing room? Was it was it different to uh, the dressing rooms in Belgium? And could you understand the boys in the in the dressing room? Um, I had some difficulties in the beginning. Uh, my English was good, but obviously, sometimes I was in the dressing room and I was like, yeah, if you see, hear some boys from Glasgow speaking to each other, I was like, this is not English, you know? Uh, or when, when I had interviews, uh, the, the people from the newspaper, they were saying, yeah, you speak better English than most of the Scottish boys. So, uh, no, but the dressing room was fantastic. That was the big strength of this club. I mean, they had a great coaching staff with... Uh, Archibald and Scott Patterson um, and then they they were all along together already because they went up from the championship they were champions the year no, two seasons before I think and uh, they kept that group together you know and um, it was a really easy group to to come into I think I was one of the only foreign players yeah. uh, but they were fantastic to me uh, uh, from that group I still speak to a lot of them I mean so um, that that sums it up yeah, you'd have played alongside uh, Conrad Balatoni. Was he would have been there at the time? How, how did you find him? Yeah, I still speak to him, Conrad. I think he's a fantastic guy, and um, he was probably very underrated as a player yeah. because um, I really enjoyed playing next to him. He was very easy to play next to as a centre back. Uh, we didn't need, you know, sometimes as a centre back you you meet another centre back where you don't need too much talking with him because it it's natural. With Conrad, I had this. It was like natural when we played together. We we were good adapted to each other, um, and next to the pitch, we we were really good as well. So um, I thought he was a really good player as well. Um, he was very decent on the ball, which people maybe, yeah, I, like I say, he was underrated. I think. Yeah, you scored a, a beauty of a goal, of course, up at Ross County that the Thistle fans all would remember the, from about thirty yards. Was that something you you often did there, there Freddie? You, you like to take a shot at goal? I've never had a shot before in my life on goal. <laughs> I, so it's funny, not, not even on training, not even. And I, probably it's like the moment where Vincent Company scores against uh, Leicester City that everybody was probably thinking, don't shoot, Freddie, don't shoot, Freddie. And yeah, okay, it happened and that's it. And the, fun, the funny thing about this, I told this story maybe a few times to other people, but the, the week after, I've done it again in training, an even better goal. And I will were probably literally the only two times I shot to the goal in my life from that distance. And uh, maybe I should try it more. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah, maybe. 
Um, how much did you enjoy playing at Fir Hill? And was there any other places that you enjoyed going to? Yeah, I thought for me, Partick Tissot was a beautiful club. Um, the, the people, the, the fans, it was like, how could you say, like for your first time abroad, um, not knowing anybody, it was like probably the best club to end up, you know, it was very familiar, like it was a big family. Um, the coaches were fantastic people. I mean, Archibald and, and Scotty, they were, they were great people. And um, also the people who worked there, like the kid man. Um, yeah, so for me it was, yeah, the best place I could end up, I think. So uh, yeah, I loved playing, of course, in Fairhill. And then, yeah, obviously you, you like playing uh, Celtic Park. That's, that's great. The United, that auto, which was brilliant. Yeah. Uh, hearts away. So there, there's some really nice places in Scotland to play. So, uh, but I enjoyed everything. I enjoyed also playing away in Dingwall, Ross County. Like it, the, you know, the atmosphere. The it was like real proper football with 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 history behind it. I liked it. The stadium. So, yeah. Uh, you came back, of course, to to Leosa for a couple of seasons. How did yeah. that, how did that come about? Did it come back in for you, Fred? And you just fancied going back? Yeah, so I played two years then with Partick Thistle and then um, at the end, I was end of contract. Yeah. Um, they offered me a new deal at Partick, but then um, obviously in Lierse, a lot have changed as well. And like I told you before, before I, I always thought, you know, I want to yeah, play my full career for Lierse. And uh, then they came back, they offered me a good contract. Uh, um, they had a good team again. Um, a lot of Belgian boys, a lot of old boys that they brought back to, to create a good team again. So, and I was like, okay, I had two years now abroad. Uh, that was brilliant. I loved it. And to be honest, I, I, I wanted to stay with Partick Thistle. I would have signed the deal if Lierse wouldn't have come, came in. I wouldn't have go back for another team. So, um, but because it was Lierse, yeah, it was special, you know? And then, uh, yeah, so I went back, yeah. And, and then Dundee United a couple of years later, of course. Um, but were they, were they, how did that move come about? Did you fancy coming back to Scotland or were there other teams in for you? Yeah, so what happened is, um, so I went back to Lierse and then the first season when we went back was fantastic. We, uh, we won the championship with like, oh, I think nine or ten points ahead. Um, best defense, best goal scoring record. It was fantastic. But then the second season, yeah, the Egyptian owner again. Yeah. Uh, he wanted to sell the club. Okay. So what happened, we, uh, we weren't paid anymore. Um, we we're two months behind in payments. Um, he was selling all the players. And then the funny thing was, I, I could have got a move to Leuven. It's a team here in Belgium that's bought by King Power. From, yeah. um, and they offered... Pearson. Sorry? That was the club that Nigel Pearson was the manager for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, that club wanted to buy me. And he was literally selling everybody. And uh, yeah, obviously, I never wanted to leave Lierse, but you could feel this going to end in disaster, you know. And for me personal, the, the club from Nigel Pearson, they offered me an amazing, probably the contract of my life. And, uh, but he let everybody go except me um, because, yeah, probably then he, I was probably the, the worst thing that could happen to me if I left because the fans would kill him. Um, wow. But okay, no problem. I stayed. And um, yeah, we had a... Horrible, but also a fantastic season. Yeah. It, it, as strange, so we were never, we were always, in the beginning, it started with 20 days to late payment, then 25 days, and then it always moved up. But as a team, we weren't really 
a good team anymore, yeah. uh, in quality, but we, we stuck together and we started winning games. I remember we won seven games in a row once just because we were in this, yeah, I don't want to say the bad word, but in this, um, yeah, in this shit together, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, we stuck so much together and also with the fans, it brought us so close to each other. And uh, yeah, we had a fantastic season at the end uh, of it, like in terms of sticking together and bringing the atmosphere back. And uh, but then obviously it ended with um, with um, bankruptcy for the club, yeah. so it was finished. Yeah, sad times. How hard is it uh, as a as a player, Freddie, when you're not getting paid on time because you've got a family and what have you and bills to pay? So how difficult is that? Um, obviously, it was difficult for me, um, but it was even more difficult for the boys who came from abroad, I think. Uh, and that's when you talk about being a captain and being responsible. Uh, that was probably the season where I, I felt so responsible to the fans, to, to the team. And I was always in a constant fight with the Egyptian owner to, to get the salaries in. And I would stick up every time for my team, even if it would mean that he would literally do everything to, to, to break my career. Uh, but I felt I had to do this. And I remember there were days, for example, that my wife was calling, um, uh, how you say this in English, um, land, no, uh, house owners, where the yeah. foreign players were staying and they were going to get kicked out, those foreign players, because the club didn't pay the, yes. the, the bill anymore and the rent. And uh, I, I remember me and my wife were phoning them up and please give them an extra month and oh, you can't, they're from abroad and, and things like this, you know, so... We were concerned with everything. I, I went even, uh, me and a few boys were buying, how you say, like um, bread and stuff for after training so we could have some food. And so we felt really that it was our duty to do this, you know. And so in the end, it was, it was actually beautiful, but it was very sad as well. And it ended very sad because we all hoped until the end that somebody would came in like, like, um, uh, like an owner, another owner or something, but it never happened. So, uh, and then, yeah, it was finished with the club. Yeah, it must be devastating because, I mean, you've spent such a long time with the club. It's, it's, it's your, obviously, it's your football club and it's, it's quite a well-known club as well for it to, to, yep. to, uh, to sort of go down that route. It's, 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 it's heartbreaking, I'd imagine. Yeah, it's, yeah, especially I remember when, so the last game of the season, we weren't allowed to play anymore because the club was bankrupt. So what happened, we, all the players, all the fans, we got together into the stadium and we had like, almost like a funeral, you know? Oh. And uh, that was, yeah, craziest moment of my life. I think it was, I saw, so. I, I mean, Lierse was always a club. Also, we had always 10,000 people in the stadium and, and there was literally like, yeah, almost 10,000 people. And oh. you see people crying, um, yeah, players crying. It was, yeah, terrible. Yeah, yeah, certainly is. So you came to Dundee United then, of course, and it was quite a difficult season for the club. Uh, of course, they're back in the, the Premiership now, but um, difficult season for the club. Did you enjoy your time at, at Tannadice? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I came into a beautiful club. Um, obviously, on the pitch, I mean, the... Yeah, there were some problems you could see, like from the year before. I, I don't think the players bought into uh, Mr. Chaba Laszlo's 
um, training and uh, it was also with the fans, not the best relationship, I think. And you could see the club had struggled a bit, you know, like bad transfers and everything and stuff. So, um, but on the other hand, you could see a club with massive potential, great training ground, great fans, great stadium. One, yeah, one of the best cities I ever lived in because yeah. Before, everybody was like, oh, Dundee's terrible. You shouldn't go there. When I was in Partick Thistle, they were like... But for me and my wife, we had a baby of three months old at that time. Um, we loved it. We still speak to each other. We say a lot. I remember last week we told each other, like, oh, it would be nice if we just for one week be back in Dundee again and stay in our house we had there. So, um, yeah, I came into a really nice environment. Um, but obviously on the pitch, like... I, the, the, the team wasn't really great, to be honest. I thought we started okay, but yeah, there were a lot of players that weren't up to the standard, I thought, and then it was hard to perform. Yeah, uh, he played at the Shabba Lazlo, it was managed at the time, and he got uh, sacked, and Robbie Nielsen came in. How, how did you yeah. find them? Um, so, Chaba, Chaba was a fantastic guy. Yeah. He was really, uh, he got a lot of stick, but he was fantastic, fantastic guy, and um, yeah. Um, Maybe the, I think the biggest problem was maybe communication, and he tried to do things different than the Scottish players were used to it. So, um, and then obviously Robbie came in, and he he had the experience of winning the championship. Um, he knew the Scottish style, and um, yeah, I think it clicked pretty fast with with everybody and Robbie. So uh, I think he had some good results. Um, obviously, we failed to to go up, but yeah, in the end was. Um, I think Robbie did well and he was a good coach, really good coach. Yeah. Um, you spent, obviously, a season there and then you came back to Belgium. But do you, do you keep an eye on, on Partick Thistle and Dundee United's results, uh, Freddie? Of course, yeah. That's, uh, yeah. Are you, on live score, you can, you can yeah. put, like, uh, the, the favourites on it. So, both of them are on my favourites. Uh, so, obviously, when I played for Dundee United, I thought it was hard seeing Partick Thistle going, yeah, having so much trouble, you know, so, um, and then last year going down, which I still believe they don't deserve to go down. Um, but yeah, this, those are the, the scores I always watch, you know, and um, I was, I knew when I left the United that they weren't going to be the champions because Robbie Nielsen installed a, a high performance culture and um, he brought in good players um, that were suited to the championship, I think. And, he knew how to win the championship, so um, um, so in a way, I was gutted to leave yeah. because yeah, I knew they were going to be champions. But on the other hand, yeah, that's that's football, you know. You move on, and uh, but no, not one bad feeling about about me leaving or whatever or about the club. It's fantastic club, so I wish them all the best. Yeah, you mentioned the other hearts maybe undeserving it to go down. Uh, of course, uh, it was controversial the whole decision in Scottish football yeah. regarding COVID. In Belgium, it was it was pretty mental as well, wasn't it? I think they just they just called the leaks, didn't they, and, and scrapped other, everything. Is that right? Yeah, not everything. So um, they they cancelled the top league. Yeah. Uh, no, not cancelled. They they just said that's it. So yeah. the the team who was last had to go down, and Bruges won the championship, uh, won the league. So, uh, but then a lot of tri um, trials came, and then the team that was last, Wasan Bevere, they went into to court and they won it so um they're still in the top league now so uh, what happened in the championship you play with 
a promotion final. Yeah. So, and we played the promotion final, we and Leuven, the team from King Power. So, yeah. and we won the first leg home, 1-0, and the away leg was cancelled because of Corona. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, then there was a lot of discussion like, okay, um, who's going up? Yeah. Is it going to be Leuven or Beerschot? Because there's one game still need to be played. So what happened? And they decided, okay, Wasan Beveren is going down. And the final between Leuven and Beerschot has still to be played one week before the new league starts. <laughs> so the, the new league started 8th August, I think. And we had to play 2nd of August. We had to play the, the oh. return leg of the final. But then during, then the funny thing is, three days before the final, the, suddenly the league decides, okay, instead of 16 teams, we go to 18. <laughs> so we, we, were, we were promoted three days before the final. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then obviously we still played the final to see who is the, the, the real champion. And we won, the, we won it 1-4. Uh, yeah. So uh, we were the champion of the, yeah, of the league. And then, uh, but still both teams got prom- uh, um, promoted and Wasland could stay in the league. So they went from 16 to 18. Yeah. Wow. They're saying that that should have happened in, in, in Scotland as well. I think that they missed a trick not expanding the leagues, for, especially for, for this season. So that's... I, I, I think so, you know. Uh, I, I know people say like, okay, yeah, Hearts and yeah, they were lost. It's their own fault and stuff. And same with Partick Thistle, but... It's hard, you know, like Partick Thistle, they had a game in hand, you know, yeah. a game they should have played, but it was cancelled because of some cup game from the opponent, I think. Yeah. So, in football, anything can happen. Eh? I've seen teams get um, avoid relegation on the last day of the season in the 95th minute. Yeah. So, um, and also for like, what people maybe forget is, it's not only the team who gets relegated, it's the fans, it's the people who work there, it's... It's a business that gets relegated, so I found it very hard, you know. Yeah. How, how did you get on? How how long was football suspended for in Belgium, and how did you manage to cope without the the training? So we stopped, I think, the beginning of um, March somewhere, and then obviously this we the second of August was the the final game again, and we started training seven weeks before or something, yeah. seven eight weeks before. So uh, yeah, well during Corona we just had. Um, we had to do um, running programs at home, uh, fitness programs, um, kept in touch with Zoom. Um, yeah, like, like every team, I guess. Yeah, and in terms of the fans, are the fans back allowed in, in the grounds now in Belgium? Yeah, yeah so uh, we're allowed. Uh, I'm not sure what's the rule, but it's like um, each stance can have a certain amount of people. So, for example, we had to, we, at the weekend, we had 3,200 people. Yeah. So, but then again, it's like, uh, we, we got so many season tickets, who's allowed to come? So, uh, the season ticket holders, is, I think they can see one in three games or something. So, if you have like uh, 10,000 season ticket holders, there's 3,500 the first game and second game and then third game. So, it's, yeah, it's hard, but to be honest, it was brilliant to have at least some people back, you know, this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- your manager at the moment, uh, Fred, is it, is, it, uh, is it Hernan Lasada? Is, is, is yeah. that right? How, yeah, yeah. Was he a former teammate of yours at, at Lierse? Yeah, so he was, uh, he was my teammate together with Tony Watt that season um, at Lierse. And a uh, yeah, fantastic player. He had a great career, played for Anderlecht, Heerenveen, um, Beerschot. And then, um, yeah, he became the, the, the coach of the reserve team in Beerschot. 
and then yeah, the, the first team manager got sacked in um, November or something, so a year ago, and um, he took over, and then in January he bought me. Yeah. So um, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, fantastic. And well, I mean, I know you're you're doing quite well just now, lying second. But what's yeah. the but for Beershot that, that this season? What what's the sort of the, the target? So yeah, obviously the target, like every promoted team says, uh, yeah, to not get relegated and to do this as quickly as possible to be safe. But um, um, yeah, we keep our feet. Obviously, we got a great start, so people start to dream about more. But we keep our feet on the ground and we just think about the next game. But I believe you you should always try to aim as high as possible. And I wouldn't say uh, I wouldn't talk about positions, but just try to improve as a team. We got a good team. We didn't win those games with luck because a lot of times you see promoted teams they get a little bit extra lucky because they're in the flow and stuff but we really got a good like yeah, Hernan is a fantastic coach good trainer stuff as well so we you feel like we know what we're doing and we win because we have a plan and um yeah obviously there will be a moment where where we have a maybe a setback or something and then we'll see how we react to it but um like i said we i think we should aim as high as possible and keep on improving, and then we'll we'll see where we end up. Yeah, fingers crossed you do well. And finally, then, Freddie, um, in terms of players that you played against, is your toughest opponent? Is there anyone that stands out? Yeah, a few. Uh, I remember Kevin De Bruyne when he was he was maybe seventeen. He was a joke. <laughs> uh, yeah, fantastic. I hated playing against Lee Griffiths. Yeah. Um, I hated also playing against Scott McDonald. I thought he was so hard to play against. Yeah, he's, um, he's got a big behind, a big backside. Oh, he was so good at like when a high ball came, put his, his, his bum into you and then control ball. Fantastic, experienced player. Um, oh, so many, I mean, who else? We had, I played against Dembaba in Belgium. Yeah. Uh, um, in Belgium, I had a lot of good players, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. With the national team, I once played against Andy Carroll. He was massive. Um, so, yeah. I, I, yeah. And in terms, of, in terms of players that you played alongside, is there anyone that was sort of more, than, more special than, than the others? Yeah, obviously, Hazard was, yeah. was the, the one that stood out. You know, he was... I've never seen anybody playing so good. Yeah. What, what he could do was fantastic. It was also naturally... It was just like... It looked like he was playing with, with his friends. Yeah. Like, and then... To be honest, this season in Beershot, we have a player, Raphael Holzhauser, and uh, he's unbelievable. Yeah. He's unbelievable. He, he played Bundesliga and everything, but somehow he, he, he had a team where he didn't play anymore, and we, we bought him or even got him for free. And yeah, now in the... So we played five games. He's got um, five goals, three assists. Um, he's, yeah, you need to look him up. He's a fantastic player. Uh, so I hope we, we can keep him... For this season, and uh, yeah, it's one of probably one of the best I play with. Yeah, superb. And yourself, then, Freddie, is the plan to just keep playing until as long as possible? Is that is that the idea? Yeah, I'm 31 now. Um, the obviously I came in January to Beerschot, and then after six months, they gave me already a new deal of three years. So I just signed uh, six weeks ago. I signed a new deal that yeah, three plus one. So I mean, for a 31 year old to get a three year deal. Um, that means I think they believe in you and yeah to be honest I'm, I, I, I don't miss trainings I'm uh, touch wood no injuries um, 
I played every minute since I met Beerschot. Um, so uh, for me, the goal is to bring this club as far as possible because um, they gave me a great chance. They, they believed in me, they bought me. Um, so I want to repay their faith, uh, their trust in me. And uh, it's a beautiful club. It's 40 minutes from my house. Um, great fans. Um, yeah. So, and, but always, yeah, I would say I'm always ambitious, you know. I want to be higher and higher. And even, I may be 31, but yeah, let's be honest, in football these days, at 31, you're not finished anymore, you know. You, especially at my position as centre-back, I got a feeling if my body, if I don't get bad injuries or anything, that I can... I can keep on playing on this level for a long time because I feel like I get better, you know, you get smarter, you know your body better, you, you, you get smarter tactically, especially as a defender. So, yeah. Yeah, magic. Well, we wish you all the best going forward, Freddie. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast. It's been absolutely welcome. great talking to you. You're welcome. It was a my pleasure was mine. Thank you. Well, that was episode 68 of the Talking Football podcast with Frederick Franz in association with Classic11.com. I hope you enjoyed it as always. Remember, if you want to listen to any previous shows, you can catch them all in pretty much all podcast platforms. We're also now on Amazon Music. Be sure to check out and subscribe to the Talking Football website. It's talkingfitball.co.uk where you'll find a whole load of great content. If you're on Twitter, you can follow us at Talking underscore Football and we're on Facebook as well. And also, if you want to sponsor the Talking Football podcast, you can now do so. Just visit the Get Involved page on the website or email us at contact at derekclarksport.co.uk. There'll be another extra bonus interview dropping later on in the week. Keep an eye out for that. But in the meantime, keep safe and bye for now. Mm-hmm.